Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. Alrighty, welcome back. It is another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast right here on Soonerscoop.com as we welcome in the entire crew. Eventually, Bob uh, Prisbillo is working away in the factory. He'll be joining us here in just a minute. We just got done with Alex Grinch's. Uh, weekly Zoom call as Sooners get ready to take on Texas Tech this weekend in Lubbock. It'll be a night game. Uh, I will not and refuse to acknowledge any questions about the difficulty of playing in Lubbock when they have 12,000 fans in the stands or 25% capacity, whatever it is. Well, I was going to say, if if we wanted to, we could just go over your great question to Alex Grinch since there was so much time to get it in today. Uh, I didn't get a question. Oh. Even though I showed up on Somebody... Time. You mean somebody else wasted our time? Yes. Oh. Huh. Interesting. I'm, I'm not, just I'm not much of a bitcher. Uh, yeah, it was a somebody. I mean, it, it was, was a nobody, a, but a somebody. Well, no, I, I was surprised it was singular. I'm going so through my exciting. mind trying to figure out who the worst question was today. Oh. I, Alex Grinch likes to talk. He gives He gives a full answer. How about that? He's very thorough in his answering of questions, so he doesn't leave time for a lot of questions. I think the worst thing that I do uh, during the weekend, Carrie, you probably have the same problem, is trying to cut up a Alex Grinch Ugh. audio quote that just is less than a it, minute left. It's like it. it just keeps going. Yeah, you want sound bites, not sound novels. <laughs> Chapters. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, a saga. Is it a saga? I never really understood the saga. Why do we always get into the saga? Well, I just never really understood it. I don't think, well, I mean, it's all fake anyways, kind of like the coronavirus, but it's just, it's just a different type of, uh, I mean, let's try and take away the Dodgers World Series championship, even though there's an asterisk next to it. There's no asterisk next to it. 60-game season. The only way it would have counted is if the Cubs would have won. They, they beat 16 teams. Or well, sixteen teams went into it. One was left standing. They didn't beat all sixteen. They only won three games in the series. Kevin Cash lost that last night more so than they won. Uh, I'm just kind of glad that's over. It is to, over. I don't have to stay up late <laughs> it is watching over. it. It is anymore. over. Got no sports tonight. Go back and watch the tape. Go back and watch the OU TCU. I still tape. have the TCU game uh, on DVR. I haven't watched it back. I watched the review. It was playing right before we started the pod watching some of that uh but josh uh defense played really well and no one can stop asking questions about the defensive line this week because everybody's kind of figured it out they're pretty good that's me throwing it to you josh and that's josh not being on the call anymore Hmm. is he gone he's gone all right well i'll talk to you guys next week (laughs) 
And uh, there's there is. Josh again. Uh, Josh, I, I don't know what just happened. That was hmm, that was interesting. I'm okay, say something about the well, government, and then I'll your audio this. goes out. We <laughs> have had, we have yeah. You say something about coronavirus, and here we go. We have had uh, horrible conditions in Norman uh, and Oklahoma City. Ice Mageddon. It's it's as bad as it's been in years. Just trees falling everywhere. It continues to rain right now, but I think the trees are starting. That's kind of helping to melt the ice a little bit on some of the trees. But it's the it's just the craziest thing. It's like I told you earlier. It's like the the roads are completely fine. They weren't yeah, even like even at night. the height of the quote unquote ice storm. They weren't bad. No. It's just the damn trees. You get up into Mesta Park or Heritage Hills or all those areas anywhere from like south of Lake Hefner kind of back up into Edmond and then all the way down to like 10th Street by downtown there's no power like no power and every tree that you've ever thought was ever grown in that area is now completely f-ed. well Bob was uh I mean he's been without power I think he just got yeah. it back he's still not back home uh, he's working, I think, from his in-laws' house. I tried to go to the grocery store last night because, as you said, the roads were fine. Needed to run some errands, and the damn grocery store was out of power. Like, that's crazy. That that Target, entire area, was, Crest, everything. God. I mean, that that's a big ass area of. Uh, well, the power poles snapped, and so I saw the pic. I saw that it picture. Just went haywire, and all the power pole, you know, all the power lines just went out. Oh, I'm honestly, I'm surprised that I haven't run into that problem. I think like my little area of downtown Oklahoma City is the only area that has power. It's probably because everything's underground. Yeah, it might be. I, I really don't know. I mean, all those trees and stuff, though, like up and down like 3rd Street and 4th Street, um, I mean, everything is just it's pretty messed up. It's not been pretty. Uh, the the players themselves, OU, they're practicing in the evenings for the first time because they're going indoor. Campus has been mm-hmm. closed. Uh, we've been doing, we'll have some player Zooms coming up here in a little bit this afternoon. But we talked to Lincoln Riley. We talked to players yesterday. Talked to Alex Grinch today. And I was throwing this to you, Josh, before you got cut off, maybe because of the power situation or the phone situation or internet or whatever. Um, But all the talk this week has been about the defensive line because everybody just kind of figured out, hey, that defensive line's pretty good. Yeah, it's like it's a big revelation, kind of like uh, the Nick Saban uh college football is led by offense now thanks nick <laughs> the, 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 thanks for figuring that out for us we've all and i love everybody's reaction to it like oh yeah that, now that nick said it now that's that's absolutely absolutely true like it's just crazy but um, the defensive line i mean carrie you i thought you wrote a great story on it it's it's not what any of us expected you thought okay maybe this group can kind of survive until ronnie perkins is back and even in the preseason when jalen redmond whenever he's going to come back but this is a group that's thriving. I mean, and you're starting yeah. to see, you know, we knew it was uh, early on. You're like, okay, Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas, okay, they've got something there. LaRon Stokes, you knew from last year, okay, that's a steady, solid player. They can let count me, on Let him. me stop you real quick. I want yeah. you to break, because you do the film breakdowns every Monday. Sure. Tell me what is special about Isaiah Thomas. I would say it's his length and it's just quickness. I mean, like, he really is, I mean, because that's a guy – I will say he'll surprise you with power. He's stronger than you think he is. He, he I think, because he's so big and long. I was just I mean, watching a play mm-hmm. in TCU where Max Duggan rolls out to his right. Isaiah Thomas literally chases him down, lunges at him like he gains like two yards on him in a split second, and and 
and he has to, he's trying to throw it away because he's out of the pocket, and they they're kind of jawing back and forth when they both get up. But like I watched that and I was like, holy shit, Isaiah Thomas has got a little burst there in the open field. He really does. I mean, I said it in the report card this week. He has gone from like a feel good story, like hey, I'm really glad glad for Isaiah Thomas. It's all kind of come together for him into like this guy's a bona fide NFL prospect like this is happening and And I don't even think he's physically where he's going to be no I mean like no he I remember he got up from that 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 play in his I mean it's his like his pants were sagging like he doesn't even fill out his uniform no I mean he's he's just a monster of a person put on weight you know what I mean like he's still huge I mean he's he's a big ass dude he's he would. He would. He's not like Ronell Lewis, country strong kind of big, but Mm-mm, like he's no. just filled out. Like but I think the funniest part is, is like people forget he was a four star. He was a U.S. Army All American type guy. Yeah. I mean, he was yeah a very accomplished high school player from a school that you know it's been covered this I guess the past two weeks that really doesn't produce a whole lot of football players in Tulsa Memorial. No, it that they had a short run there, and the coaching staff that was at Memorial basically ended up at Edison. And now you've watched the last few years where Edison's got guys. So, I mean, you know, it's it's kind of a credit to that staff. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Kerry, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, he is a he is a speed rusher that I think, you know, honestly is probably playing a little out of position. You know, you talk about how he projects the NFL. He's a 4-3 defensive end or even maybe a stand-up 3-4 outside guy. I mean, he's, he's not inherently – a inside defensive end but he is just talented enough he's kind of making it work but you know you look at the way he projects and he's probably going to slide farther outside which is the opposite of what you usually see you know once you move to a higher level usually guys are kicking farther and farther in to get more athleticism but he's so athletic I think he might move in the opposite direction well and I'm sorry for stopping you mid-thought there but I mean I just it's been on my mind it was something I was going to ask Alex Grinch about today just like uh, you know, what is it that stands out? Because I think on top of that, he's got to be a guy that, you know, does a lot of film study, probably probably works his ass off in practice, like a little bit self-made. But I, I knew that there is some kind of hidden athleticism there that people just don't give enough credit for. Bob Prisbillo can't stand Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong Isaiah Thomas. That's not fair. <laughs> Yeah, you, you, I mean, we're talking about a player who made Bob Cuss drop the F-bomb for the first time. <laughs> and Isaiah is such a nice guy. Like, I just can't believe Bob pulled that. That was so, that was, that was lowbrow, Bob. So Bob is, uh, he's back from child labor. Uh, he is, uh, he's now joining us on the pod. He was on the Alex Grinch Zoom call. He is still presently at his in-laws. I believe he has power, but they're trying to figure out if the house is warm enough to bring a baby back into, I think. Is that what's yes. going on? That's it. I think we're going to try to leave after the pod and be back for the players at four. I think that that is the plan. All right, enough baby talk. Nobody wants to hear about the babies. Yes. Or go. Josh's kids. <laughs> Actually, I don't care. We have family pictures. You guys want to hear all about it? Oh, my God. You always have family pictures. <laughs> Every day is a family, family farm. Yeah, We've yeah. got oh pictures, God. too. <laughs> Do not send me those. Don't. I don't want a Halloween card okay christmas i'll keep i have jo- all of i i'll get him on the counter right now eddie i have all of josh's christmas i don't that's the thing when you send me that shit even though i call it shit i will not throw it away i'll keep it oh god i don't keep them i do that's just how i am i got i, I, I keep them yep nope I've got a i don't even open them 
I have zero. Like, Eddie doesn't even. I am. He, I can see Eddie being someone who refuses to even get his mail. I get my mail like once every two months. Yeah, I go down like, there and the, sees unless I know that something like is in the mail. Yeah, unless you know a check is coming or something. Or like a you know dead socksy. I knew they were the box was coming. Mm-hmm. Boxes are different though than packages. If I see a box, I'll probably open it. If I see a, just a envelope. I don't know, unless I know that somebody's sending me like a wedding invitation. I deal or with UPS and FedEx, and that's about it. Yeah, and then that's all you need to. That's all that you need mailbox, to whatever you want to steal out of my mailbox, go at it. It's a federal felon. Uh, it's a federal crime, but we know it happens. Yeah, it probably does. It's getting ready to be porch pirate season. I think those people should be shot on the spot. Yep. One of my neighbors, I noticed as I was pulling out last night, Christmas porch pirate tree, Chris, Christmas tree already up. Okay. Although um, I will say, October 28th. I will say, 2020. If, it's it's probably yeah, okay. It's it's okay, and it's also been one of those like I, I one of my buddies, uh, his wife. I think she put up a picture of it, and I was like, you know what? I mean, you've been home for a couple of days because of the ice storm. I you get a you get an out. I actually threw my tree away on Big Trash Day because I <laughs> I did. I, you and Jimbo I, Fisher. I used it one time, uh, and it's never. I've had it for like ten years, and it's never gone up again. <laughs> And if it did go up, it wouldn't come down until March anyway. So there's no sense in it. And I see. I never do Christmas at my house. It's I'm always at a bowl game. Uh, it it just doesn't matter. I believe That's it's called the line Hanukkah. I draw. I, I would put up a Christmas tree right now if Tiffany would let me. I'm ready for Christmas and like now. Like I, I I'm that person. But on December 26th, all that shit comes down. Like I I'm not waiting oh for New God. Year's. Like I, you, I mean, that any neighbor me of mine, off. you can see it. You got to go like to at I, least July f- or January first before nope, you start taking nope. shit down. I want it what all down say? immediately. Twenty sixth. Yeah, December twenty sixth. We wake up. You haven't fully digested all that turkey and dressing. Josh and everything is like else, this festive shit is over. <laughs> I'm like, it's oh, because well, the thing yeah, is, they said the same like, thing to Jesus at the end. They got his ass out of there. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, they didn't even let him in. Per per it's story, like what you're talking about with the bowls, Carrie. Because if I wait to like the 28th, I'm in San Antonio or I'm in Orlando or I'm somewhere else, and so then it becomes like the 10th, and I'm not See, doing. See, I get shit. really so, mad because like you know, like the BCS bowls would go past you know January 1st or yeah January 1st. And, like, the hotel we'd be staying at would start taking down the Christmas shit, and it would piss me off. I've been in New Orleans where they're taking down the Christmas yeah, New stuff Orleans before. Is, is New Orleans, I think of they're kind of the same way as you, Josh. They're like, all right, it's over. Yeah. We're getting, we're it's going. We got, we got, Let it go. I guess they have a bunch of people Tuesday that come in for, uh, they have or, a bunch of people that come in for New Year's, though. So I guess they got to get into, like, the neutral New Year's spirit, I guess. I guess so, yeah. You cuddle before, not after. Okay, we're, we're moving on. Let's get on to the next thing here. Let's keep moving. So Josh is waking up the girls on the 26th. It's time. It's time. you got to take it all Oh, they've down. got Christmas trees in the room. I'm like, you'll take those down now, children. <laughs> you cuddle before? Not after. What kind of sex are you having? <laughs> I'm married. <laughs> I guess that's what it's called, married sex. <laughs> okay. Scoop HD. Open invite anytime. <laughs> I told Abigail Ogle if she wanted to have Scoop HD come to the birth of her child in April, more than welcomed. I invited myself, so I'm not well. I'm not welcomed, but I think that gets clicks. Did, how did that go off? Uh, I about didn't get like a response a, about like a Mike Morgan invitation. Yeah, I didn't get. Uh, Mike Morgan's been pretty open lately. 
thinking I'm working my way in that on on that one. Marla wants someone else in the bedroom. It sounds like to me. I don't know anything about the bedroom, but maybe out in the field. <laughs> amateur journalism, amateur meteorology. Well, oh I mean, God, I don't really? know how amateur you can be with all the uh, the stations you're working for. That's true. Mm. Josh, how much did you pay for this? Josh just sent us a family photo. Gary's <laughs> gonna say that he could. It looks like it looks like you found the one place on Earth that is from Avatar, like with the, those trees, <laughs> the spirit trees or whatever that are in oh, yeah. behind you. Is that like? I'm gonna get it blown up, put it on my wall. Post that was on Tuesday, no, Monday. No. Okay, girls, kiss your parents. Monday. Yeah, it's Monday. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. That's exactly what. The thing is, uh, Laney doing it, no shock. Laney, Laney was, Laney was ready to take pictures for like an hour before we got there. She's like, are we there yet? She's ready. Layla, she was conformist and I'm shocked. Like, I thought she was gonna, you know, just ruin all of them, stick her tongue out in every single picture or something. Like, I, I am stunned she was part of it. I am all for Josh's family, uh, talk because I, I, I like having a pod where people are mad at him instead of me for, for screwing up the recruiting portion of the pod. So. Oh, yeah. I have a quotient of words that I'm allowed per podcast, and this takes away some of my recruiting talk. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I, I'm sure you'd rather hear about my children. <laughs> well, we went over on Josh's children, so there will be no recruiting segment today on the unofficial for All right, as we do every week, we want to remind you guys that Dead Soxie, a uh, great sponsor of the podcast. And, Eddie, I know uh, you said, you told me uh, later last week that you even had some buddies that approached you. Uh, that had uh, ordered uh, their socks from Dead Soxy and had a lot of good things to say. Yeah, I can't say. I mean, there's been plenty of people that have contacted me on Twitter or uh, just came up to me, you know, being out in Oklahoma City or wherever that have said that they have ordered Dead Soxy. You're going to give me COVID. Not when you're wearing Dead Soxy. And you basically just order it up. It's there. And then you're good to go. And then you're getting into the months of the year where you're probably not wearing flip-flops outside too often. So you're going to need a sock that is uh, going to have the no-slip silicone beads in it. Yeah, it's you don't a, want those no-slip technology. Right it's perfect. I wear them all the time now, and uh, I think you should too. Uh, did they? Did your friends uh, take part in the uh, crimson and cream color waves? Uh, I don't know if they did that, but I do know that they use promo code BOOMER. And uh, just go to deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. I did it. Very deadsoxy.com. Nice. Uh, anyway, uh, Dead Soxy. Public schools. Uh, like a public school person. How about that? Uh, promo code BOOMER, 30% off uh, best dress socks that you've ever put on. Uh, and you can also, as I said, support your favorite college, pro program. They've got uh, different color waves uh, for you to be able to do that. A lot of great socks, high-quality source fabrics. Uh, taking your sock game to the next level. And if you've already tried to take your sock game to the next level, try out Dead Soxy because I think you're going to find that they're just as good as anything else that you put on your feet. Uh, so remember, uh, in your promo code, uh, Boomer, and when you're in your cart for 30% off the best dress socks you've ever put on. And as always, guys, stay Soxy. Okay, so getting back to where we started, uh, we were talking about the defensive line, and I stopped you about Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Thomas. Um, but, I mean... Go ahead and continue by me, or, or, or Josh. Just, I mean, that defensive line, it's been the talk of camp, you know, all week. Uh, talk of going into Texas Tech. And, of course, they have a more mobile quarterback in Columby that's taken over for Bowman. Uh, and he's played pretty well. But, I mean, this is. Isn't that strange? Like, I thought Alan Bowman was going to be the next big thing out of Lubbock. And then 
I literally, I, I, I guess I hadn't was, been paying attention, and then all of a sudden I look up and it's like, yep, they're replacing him. Well, they got, I mean, basically he got, he became a scapegoat for why they weren't winning, I think. Yep. And they said, okay, sense. well, we got this Utah State guy that came in here, and he knows us. Let's throw him in there, and maybe our fortunes will change, basically. But, I mean, they were yeah. putting up points with, with Bowman. They just, he was 63 throwing, against Texas, he was right? throwing too many picks, I think, is mainly what their issue was. Yeah, he he's kind of a feast or famine guy. There's no doubt. But I mean, when he's rolling, he's he spins it as well as just about anybody in the Big Twelve. Yeah. I mean, he really he he's got a nice arm. If he I had not had a collapsed lung uh, that mm-hmm. one year God. against OU, who knows it what happens in that OU. game? Yep, I agree. Um, but no, the the defensive line. I mean, like you said, I mean, we we knew early on Isaiah Thomas. Okay, this guy's going to be pretty good. Theron Stokes, he's steady, but. The development of some of the secondary guys, that's what's been impressive to me. Like Jordan Kelly making that huge play, which Bob was dead right about, and he said it almost immediately during the game. If Kelly doesn't make that play, that's a big play for TCU. They, they pick up some real yardage there. Um, you know, obviously, Perrion Winfrey, the the jump he's made over the last two games from, I mean, the against, TC, or against Texas, I thought he started to look consistent, and then against TCU, he was kind of consistently dominant. They they just didn't have an answer for him inside, and that's that's where you're at with him. I mean, he is a first round kind of talent. If Oklahoma can just keep him pointed in the right direction, and I wonder um, with Winfrey how much he opens up things because mm-hmm. or, or um, uh, Deshaun White is your leading sack guy right now with like two and a half. Uh, Brian Osamoa has one and a half. David Aguebu has one. So all those linebackers are being involved in the pass rush, but. How much does you know double teams on Perry on Winfrey help out Isaiah Thomas? How much does it help out Nick Benito? I mean, that's I think that's an interesting question. Interesting, it'd be interesting to kind of break that down too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and there's no question that he is. I mean, he's just a like I said, he's a guy that when he's on and he's you know rested, he's ready to go. There's there's not many. I mean, probably the only center in the league that can handle him one on one is on his team. So, you know, I, I just don't think that's going to work out very well for most. And he showed it on that one, the play that's gotten a lot of, um, you know, I, I guess gotten a lot of attention when he ran the swim move and beat TCU inside for that big tackle for loss. Like, he is – guys like him that are 300 pounds and can move their feet like that, those are just unusual human beings, and he's yeah. one of them. I mean, that's, that's the, you know, the old coaches saying the dancing bear. I mean, that's really what he looks like, and he's – just big and strong and can move. But like I said, I mean, you had um, uh, you had Kelly come on, Jordan Kelly come on. Josh Ellison's starting to play really good football. Um, yeah. You know, th- they're getting more – Marcus Stripling, kind of a guy that I've been kind of disappointed in so far in the year. Against TCU, you're like, okay, this guy's going to be a problem. Now, I think you have to measure it somewhat as TCU's offensive line has some problems. They're, they're not yeah. a great unit. Um, the guy Stripling actually beat for the sack is a fellow KDISD guy that I think is really talented, but he's 330 pounds and he's a redshirt freshman. I mean, he needs some time. He, he's not there yet. And as Grinch but, told um, us, John Michael Terry was their defensive player of the week this week. Yeah. I, I, I think I put in the report card something like, that's the John Michael Terry they need every week. Like, he wasn't, he's not Nick Benito. He can't do the things Nick Benito does, but he's really steady. He's not going to put OU in bad spots, he's not going to over pursue. He's going to, he is the, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, he's the coach's kid. He's going to do the things he is supposed to do. And if everybody does their job, he'll do his and that you're going to be fine. Um, but, you know, with Benito or guys like Winfrey or even, you know, as 
Isaiah Thomas emerges, you get these guys that can do things that are outside the bounds of the of the defensive assignment. So, like I said, there are there are some guys that are starting to emerge, and guys, you know, if you'd asked me in the preseason how many, you know, guys I thought like, okay, I feel confident that guy's an NFL draft pick someday in the front seven. I wouldn't have had many. I mean, I, I couldn't have picked many. Now, I, Benito's that type. Winfrey's that type. Isaiah Thomas is going to get drafted. Laurent Stokes is that going to get drafted. I mean, like, there's there are several guys. Now, they may only have one or two really elite guys that are, you know, first-day, second-day types, but they have a lot of guys that are projectable players. And that's the most amazing thing is that we just sat here and you listed off six, seven guys that are starting to produce for Oklahoma a little bit. Maybe not as consistent as everybody would want it to be, but – at well, the same they're, time, they're, they're making plays. But they're ahead of their sack total from a year ago. No doubt. No I doubt. mean, they've got 15 sacks right now through five games. They had 36 all of last I don't, year and in I don't 13 think, games. I don't think that it's coincidence that we talk about these guys having a big day up front. And, like, I DM'd you during the game. It was middle of the third quarter. I was like, holy shit, Trey Brown's been playing the entire game. <laughs> like, they haven't said his name. And I, I, I think it has to go. It's not a coincidence that as Something Oklahoma plays better up front, him. Yeah. they're playing better on the back end, too, because they're not having to make every play, it seems like. But, you know, like Texas, uh, Iowa State, he was having, you know, he had ridiculous holding penalties. You remember the one that we broke down that was him, a play that wasn't even going to the receiver, and he held him for no reason. It would have been it would have been a, four, a fourth down, and they got a first down off sure. of it. like. So the, the dumb mental stuff seems to have ceased with him. Now, maybe it's all gone over on Ibuki's shoulders, uh, but at least Trey Brown is not doing dumb things. There's a certain amount for the defensive back, and Trey Brown has decided to give his chunk to Buki for, for the last couple of weeks. Buki, Buki, Buki. At some point, at this point, I can't make sense of it anymore. Why he's playing or why people hate him? Why he's playing. Like, I, guys, you can't talk about, like, you know, and Alex Grinch had that great quote last week where he's like, you know, or a couple weeks ago, I think, where he said something about, you know, leaders have to be quality players. They've got to be making plays or we, you know, it, it's, they're not going to have the respect in the locker room, something along those lines. Well, okay, that's fine. If you want to say he's a leader, okay, that's fine. He's making terrible penalties. He's making bad decisions. Like, I, at some point, I mean, wh- who who was it? Was it Caden McFarland? Somebody put out the stat about the top four penalty, you know, guys on the yeah, team. Brady Trantham. Okay, and I sorry, didn't mean to give credit to the wrong person. No, but no. It, it was seven out of seven of his penalties have been drive continuing penalties. Like it's unbelievable. That that's crippling to a defense. You just can't keep doing that and then telling everybody, oh yeah, he's a great leader. No, he's doing dumb things. And he's not making plays. Like, I kind of can forgive, you know, like, it's, let's say, let's go back a year. Pornell Motley, he had the terrible the, the thing against Kansas State, really put OU in a bad spot. Every other time we saw Parnell Motley, he was making plays. And he, so you kind of forgive those things. Or Drew Samia a couple years ago when he kept getting the personal foul penalties. But Drew Samia was playing good football. Y- you can forgive those things when you're doing the things right. But, man, all I'm seeing is mistakes, both, you know, penalties bad decisions those kind of things and then i'm watching him get beat and I, I i don't know at what point you say okay maybe we don't know what these young guys are but we could at least find out 21 of uh, oklahoma's 51 penalties have come from four players that's that was the stat that was thrown out there nearly 60 yeah. percent of ou's penalties come from four players 
Uh, like Hayes and Robinson. Yeah, and Buki has seven. Adrian Ely and Ty, Ty Robinson have five. And Trey Brown has four. All of Buki's were drive extending. All of Brown's penalties were drive extending. Four of five Robinson's. Four of the five Robinson penalties were drive killers. And two of Ely's were going back to those holds back in the Kansas State game, I believe. It's just it. And I think the most frustrating thing about that is kind of what, you know, Riley and Alex Grinch have talked about uh, here over the last couple of weeks is the fact that it's not freshmen that are making mistakes. It's guys that have played a lot of football. Well, I will say this. Anytime a defensive back gets a penalty, it usually extends a drive. And that makes I sense. Mean, yeah. Like right. the yep, defensive backs, are, it's just going to happen. Usually anytime a, completely fair. you get a holding call, it's going to kill a drive. No because, doubt. Especially with this offense, especially through the first four games, because they just weren't capable of converting you know, from first and 20. They had a hard enough time from first and 10. Sure. Unless it was a really big play. But at some point, it's like what Josh has said. It's like, you got to quit doing that shit or you can't play can't be out on the field yeah and maybe we see that here over the next couple weeks i mean they've they've definitely made a but you also would rather get a holding penalty than letting a guy get behind you and give up you know 60 yard touchdown sure those are your two options what's the guy doing out there yeah that's fair i mean but i I would say that hasn't that hasn't actually been the problem though the problem has just been regular holds i mean during the course of play i mean sure um, and there's been a few guys he's gotten away with. I mean, I've yeah. seen others who are like, oh, that, that could have been. Oh, Greg McElroy uh, is ready to flag him on every play during Greg, the game Greg on McElroy, Saturday. I, I think he just had it set up uh, on the prompter. There was a graphic of a bookie penalty just ready to I go. I will say this, though. At least two penalties in the Texas game were uncatchable footballs. And a lot of that stuff with Kolar in the end zone at Iowa State, there was a lot of hand fighting going on in both directions. Yeah. And that, and that's fair. Like, like Pat I, Fields really got you know, kind of screwed over on some of those calls. What do you think? So, what do you think of Matt Wells' comment earlier this week about Buki? Oh my god! I think I is think that gamesmanship. I think everybody in the board nailed it. Which is, please play Buki. Please keep starting him. That was that's Matt Wells being a guy from Oklahoma, and knowing the temperature of the room. He 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 knows what's going on there. Um, so he's trolling. I will say. <laughs> Guys, the guy that I thought played pretty well that I don't think a lot of people talk I thought Jeremiah Cradell had some good moments in that game. He didn't play a lot. It wasn't like you could say, oh, you know, you know what he is. He, he's he's ready to go. But I thought he had he had a big hit. I think it was in the second quarter. A guy was kind of angling towards out of bounds, and he didn't just let him go. He he popped him for being there. And then he had some good moments in coverage. I Like I said, I don't know that I'm ready to anoint him as he should be the guy, but I, I thought there was um, I thought he showed some good signs for a guy that's kind of had to fight to get on the field. Well, I think something that, that kind of drew um, you know some some discussion on the boards this week was when we put out the snap counts for uh, Pro Football Focus, and people saw you know that Drake Stoops had more snaps than any other receiver, and people were upset about that. But I think a lot of people realized, oh wait, oh we just don't have anybody else at the slot position, do we? And that's a problem for Oklahoma. I mean, they don't have Obi Obiallo has been out a lot of games, either injury or COVID. I mean, I think he was hurt this last weekend. Uh, he was a guy that was supposed to be playing that spot. He was actually number one on the depth chart, I think, going into the season, wasn't he? Over Drake, Trajan Bridges I think it has been out, an or wasn't it? Which he's been outside and inside. But Theo Weese is an outside guy. Marvin Mims is an outside guy. Charleston Rambo's an outside guy. I mean, they're just really – I mean, you look at this roster, there aren't a lot of, like, elusive slot guys. It's more down-the-field, one-on-one, 
type players or get behind the defense in Charleston Rambo's case. Like they've tr- I mean, Marvin Mims is probably the most uh, qualified to play slot, but he's a freshman. I mean, that's you what gotta, I was going to put him in one spot and say, this is your job for this year. Yep. But do they move on? Do they move him inside when you get a Jaden Hazelwood back or when you get a, and I guess the Bridges thing Hazelwood would could play take care inside. of that. Sure. Bridges could, you gotta, Bridges you could you help that problem. Yeah. Drew Quaylen Crawford and Mike my, my, and uh, Michael Jones, those are two guys that are supposed to be your slot guys, and they're both not part of the team. So all they could do is just go with what they got, and they just didn't have a lot. I think Bridges will be that guy. Yeah, but you still don't have him. They're really, really missing Michael Jones. <laughs> he scored for Tulane uh, the other week. If you well, I tell you who they're missing: Jalen Robinson. Oh yeah, that's who you're really missing. That's, Although that's a he's still having he's a hell of a year, he's a yeah. he's more of an outside threat for them, isn't he? He does. They, they play him outside a lot more. I mean, but you know, it, that's that's within reason. I mean, they don't have Theo Weeses and those guys running around outside, so they're they're going to make that choice. But I mean, he's more of a like a shepherd type to me. Like you can run him inside, you can run him outside, you can do a little bit of whatever you want. There's so many guys that you know just didn't have any enough patience. Uh, to stick around that would have been in such good positions right now, including Trey Sermon. Because, I mean, judging by their first game, it's not like they got Trey Sermon to Ohio State and they're like, yeah, thanks for coming. It's nice to have a third, fourth team guy that we can count on. You're the water boy, eight. <laughs> what do you have, five carries for like 13 yards or something? very many. That's not going to make him happy. Kind of did it to himself, didn't he? Uh, he did. I think his high was 11 carries last year in a game. Maybe they're just pacing him. Yeah. He'll go to another extreme when the free transfer rule is put in. It's, it's going to be nuts. Yeah, he'll transfer somewhere else for since this year it won't count. He had 11 carries. Well, that's what I said. That was his high in a game last year, I think twice. No, last week. Oh, he had 11 carries last week? It says 11, uh, it says 11 plays. 55 yards. I don't know. He, he could go back to Georgia, Georgia Tech, make it, you know, three out of the five power five he's played for. He could be in all of them. I mean, he was a good player. I mean, sure. He is. He is a good He's a better player than Kennedy Brooks, in my opinion. I always felt that way. Or not always, but definitely down the stretch last year. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I do think Ramondre Stevenson will be back this week. Now, how you use him, that's the biggest question because – just guys, just like the defensive line, you know, we spent all preseason and every not just us, but all the fans spent all preseason fretting over the fact that their two best best pass rushers off the edge were not on this not available. And, and Ronnie Perkins and Jalen Redman, other guys, Isaiah Thomas, Nick Benito, uh, John Michael Terry, uh, go to you know Marcus Stripling, as you mentioned, they've all kind of grown up and accounted for those losses, and now they're playing at a high level. You could say the same thing for the running back position. I mean, T.J. Pledger over the last couple of games, he's become a bona fide number one running back for this offense. Uh, and we all think, I, 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 I'm speaking for all of us, I think we all think that Ramondre Stevenson is a better overall running back than anybody they've got on this roster. But I think those two will complement each other yeah. really well. Well, though. I mean, but will they? I, don't I mean, know. how do you, how do you fit him in? Like, right. If, does he take away from what Pledger does, and then all of a sudden you have a rusty running back coming back, and you really don't have you you try and you know have two running backs, and you don't really have one. That's that's the fear I right. think. 
Because if you look at what Pledger did last week, he did nothing in the first half. He ran a guy over on the first drive. He had nine. Okay. And then he he had 90 of the 120 yards were in the second half. He didn't do anything in the first half. But I would say play calling was a big part of that, too, because Lincoln was doing so much misdirection and so much QB zone stuff that he says he wasn't doing. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I asked him about it. He's like, we didn't I run much zone. I was like, bullshit, Lincoln. Uh, but no, he so started. So they were calling straight keepers for Spencer Rattler? Nah, 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 I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the only other you know option there is. Like, okay, well, stop calling that play then. I mean, but when they started running the ball more down, you remember the first play of the game? Like, Pledger went for like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Was that his longest run of the game almost for up to that point? Like, yeah, he had the the longest one. I think was the one he where had a Chris thirteen Murray yard carry and a twelve yard carry on the first drive. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, that's basically it. But they were running him pass. downhill. I mean, and then they started all that misdirection crap. Uh, and then in the fourth quarter, when they got the lead, and Lincoln was like, "Okay, we need to run some clock." They started running him downhill, and lo and behold, what happened? He went from eighty to ninety to one twelve to one twenty five or whatever he ended up with. I think I'd be more worried about how Seth McGowan bounces in there. Than I would yeah. be TJ Pledger. Yeah. I mean, he needs to, well, bounce is the operative word. He needs to stop <laughs> bouncing. Yeah, you can't do that, he, buddy. Can't do that. He, yeah. I mean, and it's it's understandable. He didn't go through spring practice. He didn't get a chance to learn that on the fly like he would have normally. I mean, there's just stuff you're going to learn. And high, I mean, because he's used to being the best athlete on every field he's on. And now that's, I mean, he's a really good one, but he's one of a bunch. So And he's got to stick his foot in the ground and go instead yep. of just trying to be Mr. Elusive out there because it's not getting him anywhere. Sure. Well, and, and Seth's always been a guy that's just massive. I mean, definitely a weight room guy. Yeah. Got a lot of Rodney Anderson kind of in him, but yet he's never really run like that. He's always been more of, a, I'm going to shake you, I'm going to move, I'm going to get out in space, and that's fine, but sometimes you just got to lower your head and get four yards when you need four yards. Like mm-hmm. he, there, There's too much hesitation sometimes. Yeah, and that's the key, and I think, you know, I would say – Demar, that's that's up to Demarco. That's I mean, that's his job is to get him to understand. Sometimes you just got to plant your foot in the ground and go east west, you know, or not go east west, go north south. So um, we'll see. I mean, east west of Thurn still. Kerry, is, is yeah. my memory wrong? Do you remember way back when Demarco was a freshman, Gundy having conversations with Demarco, kind of the same thing, like him talk because you know he was such a big recruit, everybody would ask about him. And I, I could swear I remember Gundy having that conversation. Like, yeah, you know, he's just figuring out, like, when, we, when we've got something planned, we've got it on schedule, we need to hit that hole, we need to hit that lane, rather than, you know, trying to bounce everything and do things that way. Like, I, and it may, it may be bad memory, but I feel like I remember something about that, like them having to work through that his freshman year. I can accurately give you my thoughts on Kale Gundy's uh, coaching of DeMarco Murray when he was a running back. Sure. By screaming this. Why is Chris Brown in the game? Put DeMarco back in. <laughs> that was all I was I was obsessed with. I think it was after the this. Iowa State game. I like asked him specifically. He got so mad at me. So what you're saying is. Now, are you going to make this a homeless thing? No, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. I'm just. That well, he's not be homeless f- now. He's, no, he's in jail. Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time he's stole anything from somebody. Hey, and right now, probably for the better. I mean, all yeah, things I think so. Well, when, when, yeah. the, when, the, when the guy that, you know, is the last one that tried to help you comes out and announces that you're in Just jail ruthless. and that's probably the best place for him right now, then, yeah. Hope he figures it out. 
I don't think he's. It will be. Uh, it'll be. It'll be. I, I don't know. As a whole, though, I mean, I, I do think the Oklahoma run game is it's improved over the last two weeks. But and the offensive line's improved. I think. I think it has more to do with what they've done up front on the offensive line than it really does what these running backs are doing. Is that, or maybe they go hand in hand? It goes hand in hand. It's all in the right. same. I mean, T.J. Pledger has. I mean, he's he is kind of in form. Like he's sure. back into form. Whatever. Sure. I mean, like Lincoln has said it many times. Like he really hasn't played true football in three years now. I and mean, he did it at IMG. Yeah, Noah Kane, Trey's. Uh, Trey Sanders, Pledger never put up big numbers because there were so many other backs there. It's a tough, it's a tough thing to be asked. I mean, Rattler kind of went through it over the first couple games, and I mean, he's definitely playing better in, you know, I guess overtime and then TCU. Then I even played well in Ames. I mean, outside of the last throw of the game, Eddie and I talked about this on the post game. The one guy that we think needs to show more that can show more that I know wants to show more on this offense is Austin Stogner. He was poor against TCU. Just go get that football out of the air. I mean, that's his, I mean, he's just not aggressive enough for his size. He should never let a ball get into his body, regardless if someone's on his back or not, or if he's even getting interfered with. Yep. Uh, th- there, that, the same that way he should one... never let a, a defensive back take his legs out and trip him up when he's in open field. Yeah. The, there was a breakup um, on a third down on a little quick slant that Rattler tried to hit him. The corner that broke it up is about 5'9", 180. Yes. He was, uh, I remember watching He was a really good player. Yeah, he was uh, Tanner Mordecai's high school teammate at Waco Midway. So, I mean, I remember the kid. He's a good player. But there's no – I mean, you look at Charlie Kolar – you think Charlie Kolar is going to let Buki get to that ball? No way in hell. Yeah, no and he didn't. way. And exactly. Goals. I mean, we've seen it. We we know like and that's like I said, Stogner's got all the talent in the world. He just got to get a little nasty in him. He he's yeah. going to have to realize sometimes I'm just going to have to. It's just basketball. You're just going to block a guy out and go get the ball. Is that more to do with you know you use Kohler as an example? Is that more to do with him just learning how? Like, would he have made that play two or three years ago? Is there a process of learning how to use your body at this level that possibly he needs to just kind of invest himself in? I think there's something to that. I mean, you guys could probably answer better than me because you saw Kolar in high school several times in those great union games. He was just he was so a, skinny. Yeah, he yeah. was skinny, yeah. and he was great at high point the in the football. Put it, wait for him. It's just if you're a tight end out of the city of Norman and you get under-recruited, you get to college and you gain like seventy pounds, and <laughs> you become one of the most dominant players in the country. Well, you no, just are you taking after ready? George Kittle? North Texas is calling Blake Roberts "Baby Gronk," like they think he's going to be great. Really? So, yeah, they, they love him. So, I apparently st- set up stock for tight ends in Norman. Like, if you're six five and just gangly, you're going to be a dude. But I would say, would you say Kolar and Kittle were both more receivers in high school than? Anything I, else? I would yes. say Kittle, definitely. Yeah, Kittle was yeah. definitely yes. just a receiver. Charlie was a yeah. little bit thicker, a little bit bigger. Yeah. I kind of liked Charlie. I thought George Kittle was a token offer from Iowa. I thought they were they had a spot to fill, and he took it. Well, well, they, I think everybody did. They were, though. I mean, he didn't have any other offer close to that. Yep. It's kind of like one of the best stories in college other... football this year, the Zayvon Collins kid at Tulsa. Kid's a Psh, that's amazing. good football player. Yeah. And that's putting it yeah. lightly. Yeah. 
guys, I, I went back because I stuff like that, like it eats at me. I'm like, why didn't I see that kid? Why didn't I know that? I go back and look at his huddle page. He's listed at like six three two thirty or two like no like two hundred five or something. His picture is him playing quarterback, and his forty time is listed at five flat. How am I going to see that coming? Like, I, I, it just there's just this couple. Of, I mean, there's always a couple guys like this that just mature late or whatever the reason is, or is at a small school like Hominy and he's probably never had to run a forty in his life, and he runs it one time, and you just kind of oh, I you know I guess that's not going to work out, but. I do remember credit credit to Tulsa because they don't do that very often with, uh, you know, kids in Oklahoma that have taken a chance on somebody. They I mean, they've kind of made it a point not to do that over the last couple of years. But, you know, it's 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 a lot like running back. Like I saw uh, the ghost of Jeff Ketchum uh, today uh, making a joke about uh, blaming Mac Brown for not recruiting Deuce Vaughn. Yeah. Yeah. but you know, Brees Hall, Deuce Vaughn, like it's it's running backs, it's quarterbacks, it's it's receivers. Like there's always going to be these diamonds in the rough. It doesn't mean that you are wrong. It's almost like this or that shit. A it's coach tough. wasn't. Yeah, I mean, it's like in the <laughs> NFL, running backs get drafted late and they get you know people take a chance on them and they end up being like what was Terrell Davis drafted for the Broncos? Was he was he undrafted or was he like a sixth or seventh round? I, I, I want to say he was a fifth or sixth rounder out of like Georgia. Like and yep, he yep. became you know a Hall of Famer. Like it, that stuff happens at, at every level of football. So I don't. I mean, I don't feel. I don't feel bad when coaches do that. Six round. Six round. Okay. Pick one ninety six. This is a. I guess I don't know. Surprising to me. Nineteen ninety five. Does that sound right? Yeah. I mean, it's a long time. I just. Ago. Th- I figured it was. I, if you would have. If you would have asked me, I would have said like. I don't know, 98 or 99. I have no idea why. I guess they won the Super Bowl in what year? I think they won it in 98. 98, Was it 98, 99? Were there two? Yeah, yeah. Cut me some slack. I was like nine years old. (laughs) He had the 2,000-yard season, and then he was injured, and it's like shortest career for Hall of Fame. Don't worry, Eddie. You're getting ready to come up on some kid that you covered whose kid is now coming up. Yeah. Oh, no, I already am. I mean, we already are there. It's guys like, uh, oh, who – who would be a good example? There was somebody the other day that it was like the 15-year anniversary of something. I was like, oh, God. I'm the same. I I think there's nothing more depressing, though, than watching professional sports and realizing that every guy that's playing is eight or nine years younger than you. Actually, I look at it like Tom Brady, like, well, he's, I'm not that much older than him. I actually feel good. Yeah, but <laughs> Tom Brady's literally been doing it my entire life. I was in seventh grade the first time he look, won a Super can Bowl. you just let me have my thing yeah, okay, and just yeah. not shit on it? Okay? Yeah, okay, all right, all right. Tom Brady gives me hope. I'm like, there's guys in the NFL still older than me. That's great news. <laughs> if I just get off my tee shots, maybe I can go out and try out and... <laughs> Get my shot. Maybe my rotator what sport? cuff is fine now. Baseball? Yeah. All right, yeah. You only have to throw 99 to get into a bullpen these days. <laughs> Randy Quaid could do it. Uh, yeah, I think if you look back Dennis on that Quaid. story, you're uh, – was it Dennis Quaid? I can't remember. I think if you look Quaid back on that story, we'll find out he was doing HGH. Um, Can we uh, maybe put something together here where Kerry does chase this dream and Eddie somehow gets uh, – Supplies the Henry steroids. Gardner involved in here. No, like I, I think we're gonna have a we're gonna fall. We're gonna have a, the ligaments are gonna be too tight, and Carrie's gonna come back with a ninety nine. Oh, I would definitely do that if I could. Break your arm. <laughs> Break so my you arm can... so I could get 
throw harder. Elastaban rotator cuff. That's a great what story. What if the Cardinals were the only team that offered you a contract? <laughs> I'd pick the same number as Daryl Kyle. <laughs> All right. Pause. Oh, that took a turn that's I did not see coming. Uh, Vince Coleman threw those firecrackers. I don't know who that is. See, I knew. I knew. There, of I went old all of a sudden. Wait, for real? Vince Coleman? I mean, no. Yeah. yeah, for real. I don't know who that is. I mean, I know he's a baseball player, but that's about it. He's old Cardinals wow. royalty. Yeah. Back yeah, with the is. Willie McGee's. Yeah. Probably overrated like Ozzy Smith. Oh, my. And Yachty Molina. We'll just go for the, the trifecta. Yachty is oh not Lord. overrated. As, coming from a Royals fan, I can tell you, Yachty is not overrated. Somewhere mm. my dad is burning a picture of you, Eddie. Wouldn't be the first time that that's probably happened to my face. <laughs> uh, okay, so I tell you what, let's hit on some recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. Did you, just real quick, did you have anything wrap up, Bob, from uh, TCU? I know that we... You were writing and stuff during uh, the postgame podcast last week, but was there anything that just really stuck out? No, just the fact that when it was 17-7 and 20-7, you were waiting for the collapse again, and this time around it didn't come, and you could almost just see the sigh of relief when you talk to the players postgame. It's like we got over that hump, and it's like the monkey's off our back. Now let's keep doing it for the rest of the season. It almost seems like, with each game, they learn a little bit more about themselves as to what they can carry on with them throughout the rest of the way. By the way, TCU just kind of sucks, don't they? They're not, they're not a very good football team. Although they played <laughs> Iowa State really well. What a strange, weird I mean, it kind of goes with 2020, but just a weird year. Uh, it, it's Max Duggan, man. They beat Texas. Like I said last week, it's how he goes is where they go. I mean, I'm not saying Texas is great, but to beat Texas, yep. you got to be a decent football team. To Josh's point, that's exactly what Isaiah Thomas said. He just said the, the game plan was stop Max, you stop them. And that's that's all they focused on and worked out. So we know, I mean, the expectations are to go to Lubbock and win and to win by a couple of touchdowns, yeah, I would they're say. They're a 14-and-a-half point favorite yeah. right now. Um, nope. So, I, I mean, obviously it'll be disappointing if the defense doesn't play well, but what is the realistic – Expectation. I mean, what what is it that's going to is a fourteen point win going to be the only things that have fans coming out of the game going? Okay, I still like where this is. I going. think another good, clean fourth quarter. You can put your feet up, type victory. Spencer Rattler not reverting to tor- turnover quarterback. Yeah, don't turn the ball over a couple times. And you know, in a way, I guess as kind of stupid as it sounds, I'd be a lot more worried about Rattler going on the road if there were if he was entering you know, quote-unquote, the night Lubbock crowd. Yeah, but it's, not it's just really not – that's not it. It's not there. And, you know, they for the, for the same matter – one, it's just not going to be intimidating. No. I mean, Spencer I Rattler – I thought he played well in Ames. Spencer Rattler has played same situation. as poorly at home as he has on the road. No doubt. Like, no the, doubt. The, the, the moment was too big for him against Kansas State in the second half. He just wilted, and that was sure. at home. It's going to be important for OU to run the ball again. I, I think the you know they've won eight in a row in this series, and they the 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 numbers that they have put up, and obviously sixteen and eighteen are a little bit different. Uh, those those games were historic offensively, but I mean they've averaged two hundred and ninety four yards 
over the last eight games against Tech. They've just literally... Remember those games? You could even go back to, was it 14 or 15, when you just felt like if they handed the ball off to Samaje, he was going to get 14 yards against Texas Tech. Like they had or no could, chance of stopping them up front. Yeah, because Cody Cody Thomas throwing three they, interceptions. Yeah, they stopped throwing it because Cody Thomas was the quarterback. I forgot about that. Uh, shout out Cody Thomas, yeah. one of the greatest minor league shout, baseball shout hitters out. of all time. That poor bastard. He gets a ring. Hurt me. He gets a ring, does right? He, does he get a He's ring? He's in the Dodgers farm system. But I don't know. I don't think if, he ever think spent you time though. The, whatever yeah, the I roster. You, you had to. I just, I forgot about that. They should. He should buy his own. I don't think he gets a ring. <laughs> no, probably not. He, I mean, maybe he'll get traded because there's nowhere for him to play on that team. <laughs> it might be a pretty, more years. it might be pretty tough breaking into right field with Mookie Betts out there for the next couple of years <laughs> not in, uh, in Los Bellinger. Angeles. I mean, geez. So, yeah. uh, no, but I mean, I, I don't know. It's the most important thing for this team more than Rattler, more than how the offensive line is just the defense going out and playing well again. Do they, I mean, to me, that seems like the most important thing is to back up a good defensive performance with another one. Sure. For yeah. This program I, right I now. Agree. And I, I would say to do it in a manner that they did, like you just felt like they were playing well enough. They weren't going to break down last week. I don't know. Maybe it was just the way that they were having success, uh, you know, with the front seven, but it just it it feels like they're starting to turn a corner now. You know, I, I believe my expectations aren't very high, but you would hope that maybe they start forcing turnovers a little bit more than than they have. And I know that that has kind of been a dead horse to beat, but it just it feels like that would be the ne- the next natural progression as this, they force chaos plays. You get a couple turnovers. If the defense starts forcing turnovers, they're going to kick the shit out of people. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That, that's I think that's what's expected. Couple and, and while all this, well, you know, because like you said earlier, this doesn't feel like the old Texas Tech. That's also true offensively. They are 44th in the country in scoring offense. They are 24th in passing offense. Like, this isn't the Texas Tech of Mike Leach or Cliff Kingsbury. Like, that, that's not the way they're designed. They, I mean, don't get me wrong. They, they're dangerous. They can make plays. But they are not the team that, is going to go up and down the field if you're playing good football. You're you're going to find some mistakes. They're going to miss some passes. It's not just pitch and catch football anymore. So it, it sounds like, oh, yeah, that would be great if you'd come up and stops against Texas Tech and Lubbock. But it's not the same challenge it once was. This is a this is a good chance for Oklahoma to build some confidence. And I don't think Vasher's playing either. Ooh, no, he's not supposed bad. to. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's someone you know could add a field day. Yeah. Nope. What do you mean, Bob? He's 6'5". What are you talking about? <laughs> By the way, uh, just to throw it out there, I know we've kind of just glossed over it. Uh, the free the three. I, I think mostly, I don't know. I don't, I mean, <laughs> I, that's I, I all know. I can really that's tell you. That's why I'm going to be in Lubbock. I, I'm going to let you know. Soon as I see it. Yeah, Bob's I'm going to be on the phone. Like, I'm going to be, a, are you there yet? Are you there yet? Are you in your seat? Are you in, are you there? Because the team's going to be there. I need you to be there. Like, I'm going to drive you insane before the game starts. Bob. I just don't understand. I, I don't understand what's going on. I do not understand what's going on. I, I think I understand what's going on with Ronnie. I don't well, we understand what's going, what's going on, on with, with the other two. I mean, Ronnie yep. did not complete the reinstatement He didn't do what he process. needed to do. Yeah. yeah that, that, we, we've known that for weeks. But his end. Why in the hell would one guy 
be eligible, the other guy not when it comes to Bridges and Ramon. They all have to complete a reinstatement process. And if Trajan Bridges isn't playing and Ramondre Stevenson is, then someone didn't complete their reinstatement process. Which sure. I know you hate that because it's code, but that's all I'm giving you. I'm sorry. I think if you it, still don't understand what it is, what's DM that, me and pay me and I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my God, I said, is you can't it, be is that it, stupid. Is it that straightforward? Because I know Riley this week was like, oh, it's more involved. And I mean, do, do you think that's just... I don't think it is more involved. Oh, I, I think, th- yeah. I think okay. that's just his way of protecting people. Gotcha. Sure, sure. And that's, just and like that's he fine. never like, would say the word suspended. Never. In nine no. months, he never... He the word has, suspended has. <laughs> has never come out of his mouth. We're going on 10 months now. He's Did never called it like a suspension. A, Did you make a bingo board of the words he would use and substitute? Like, not available or out this week or something like that you guys should have made up a board for it see who nothing won. nothing new yeah, yeah. nothing new nothing has one. changed or you know their situations are still the same mm-hmm. i mean we're tracking the progress and people get mad about it and, and like i'm just over getting mad about it there's no reason for yep. me to it's almost a get pissed about it anymore i mean it's not a joke because it's three guys kind of livelihoods and what they want to be able to do but it's kind of funny nowadays God, I mean, what a shit show. But, I mean, when you see Stevenson's mother tweet that Sunday night. Oh, no doubt. No doubt, Bob. Is there any way that he's not there? I just, I find, and I, it's like I told you guys, it's like, there's just no way that they're going to travel all that way to Lubbock, Texas, to watch him not play. Here's the thing. It's not happening. That is the only indication of any of the players that we've been given that they are likely to play on Sunday. We've reached out to people close to Trajan. No indication that he's going to place. I mean, Gary, I'm sure that you've talked to the same people, but there's people that are very close to the program, just have no idea. They straight up don't know if they're going to yeah. play. It's I, And I feel like there's some people that think because Riley has been so guarded or protective or whatever you want to call it or dishonest about what's going on that now they don't believe anything to the point of, Oh well, Riley's just not telling anybody. Well, yeah, if Riley could go back, you get, you, you get what you created. Sure. You, if he you, could go back in time, if he go, it could go back in time. He would not have Ronnie Perkins show up at Iowa State. He would not do that, knowing what he knows now. But isn't yeah. that so weird now, looking back on it, like how strange it was that they took him? Well, they thought that they were literally one yeah, thing away thanks. from him playing, and he was. And then it didn't. The follow through didn't happen. It's just crazy. It, I mean, there's been a lot of just weird, crazy stories out of the OU program, but, you know, and during the time that I've covered them, and this has to be up there with just very odd, very uh, mysterious in a way. I don't know. It just, it's 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 almost laughable. That's why they're getting a chapter in Riley's book. It's true. We need to start working on uh, names for that book. I just wonder... Who he, other than the NCAA, who he blames for this? I mean, got to blame the player, right? I think so. I don't think there's any any other person to blame. There is nobody else to blame. It's just, yeah. I mean, we're frustrated by it. We've reported a lot of stuff on this. The one thing I can't tell you is, I mean, there's who's one definitely there's, playing this weekend. There's some reporters out there that would make you think if you listen to them that, like. Tom Herman was blowing hookah in Ronnie Perkins' ear. 
Yeah, those, I mean, I'm done dealing with that crap. I mean, people just make shit up. I mean, it's disgusting. And that's the other part of it. There's been a lot of stuff that has been made up about this entire situation. Yeah. It's just crazy. It, because, it truly is because crazy. Lincoln won't address it and doesn't address it head on. Yeah, you let he those... allows that to happen. Absolutely, absolutely. So you just you gotta... can't trust a treat a tweet from Justin Harrington. Yeah, well, he had him coming back last week, right? <laughs> yes, you can't trust. Well, that's and it just goes to it go, but it goes to show you, Bob. It's like what I try and tell people all the time. Players aren't always in on; they're not in the loop on this kind of stuff. These are administrative issues. Well, it has, and to if be, you're not talking to sources within the administration, you don't know shit. And it has to be a little confusing, considering you know, for the most part, those guys have been around the program; they've been practicing. Yeah, guys, no, I mean, nothing has changed for those guys. They're still a part of the team. It's just competing in I, I, games that nobody knows when it's going to happen. Well, as a perfect example, guys, we know for a fact Ronnie Perkins was telling people he was going to play against Iowa State. Sure. I mean, who could be more in the know on that roster of what Ronnie Perkins' situation is than Ronnie Perkins? Like no that, uh, and, and that's why, like I said, I mean, people are like, well, this guy's hearing from the players. Yeah, and that's great. And sometimes it is right. But it, it's why it's not, it's not concrete. And sometimes, you, sometimes you get excited and you jump the gun and you say sure. things or a kid, you know, says, oh, I'm transferring. And then his friend, he tells that to people. And then they tell, I mean, like the, the Jalen Redmond thing was a perfect example. Like he said a lot of things to a lot of people, but, you know, we had talked to people very close to him that said, uh, well, he has to meet with Lincoln on this and that. And then uh, they met and nothing happened. Uh, no, nothing resulted from that meeting. And then eventually he and his mom went in and talked to Lincoln Riley. And from that point he opted out. And then there were all these reports. Oh, he's going to opt back in. Cause he told a few people, yeah, I'm going to come back. And then Lincoln Riley was asked about it. And he said, nothing has changed with him. And he still opted out. He, he, and he, he, his shoulders messed up. He didn't rehab it properly. Like, so it's like, there's all this stuff that always floats around because you get people that are putting information out there that's hearsay or third-hand information instead of just going to the source, you know, straight itself or, you know, people very close to the source uh, or people that deal with suspensions and uh, appeals and eligibility and things like that. Unless you're getting your information there, you really don't know what the f*** you're talking about. You're just saying shit to say shit. Retweet. Well, have we heard any uh, victory lap talk of anybody that reported uh, all three were going to be back last week? See, I just don't have, I don't have the, I just hope that people see that stuff and they realize, yeah, these people aren't trustworthy. I, th that's my thing. Like, I, I feel like we get, we have to live with the, the balance sheet being checked sometimes and others don't. So I'm, and see, that's the thing I'll put up, it. I'll put up with the, well, so-and-so said, and, yep. But when I say, well, how trustworthy is that person? Or I say, well, this is what I know. You guys can either trust me or you can trust all the noise that's out there. And people, sometimes people just want the noise. I understand that. They just want something to make them feel better about the situation or yeah, something more hopeful than you're telling them. Sure. Uh, when you're telling them the truth and they don't want to hear the truth because that's not what they want to hear. Like, I'm, I, 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 can't, I don't know any other way to do it. If you come to me... You have a pretty good shot of getting legitimate information. But I understand if you want to go out and find someone that's going to tell you something more that you want to hear, uh, even if it's bullshit, you're going to do that. You're going to take that avenue. But I'm not going to fight with people over, you know, whether they're wrong or right. 
I'm just going to say, I've told you guys this. This is what I know, and that's what I'm sticking to. So I, I'm not going to keep score and say, well, these guys were wrong, or these, this guy was wrong. I mean, you should do that. You should do that not with just sports, but with everything when it comes to information. It's up to you. you got to be responsible. you got to be a responsible uh, consumer of information, and not enough people are. Those lists could get pretty long <laughs> if we're keeping score on everybody. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when except that, when people like fair, Dean Blevins come us. after That's me okay. and use terms like liar, and then you're just a f***ing dinosaur. I, like, I don't mind that other people are wrong. It's just the moving on from it. Like, when we're wrong... We're too out there. We have to take it on the chin. Like sure. it, it just—that's the way that goes. And I'm—I get stuff wrong sometimes. That's okay, but to just act like it didn't happen and then move forward, okay. Like I—that—that that pisses me off. Because we can't do that because our subscribers and our message board posters are never going to let us forget it. Hell no, hell, guys. I still hear about Cody Thomas weekly, like weekly. I thought Cody Thomas was going to be the, my Adron Tanell prediction from ten years ago. I still hear about, like, and that's fine. Fair, like, it's all good natured. It's to be all fair. Good. All the reason we were so well, high on Adron Tanell is because Sam was telling Eddie how great he was in practice, <laughs> and then Eddie would come and tell us that Sam said he's going to have a huge year, and then it didn't happen. It was Brad that didn't happen, Sam. It was Sam's Eddie never. Yeah. Eddie never Sorry, cost you. He, he never. Oh, he does. He was the goddamn quarterback. He could have thrown him the ball. <laughs> So Sam's I think the problem was he, Damn it, did, I knew it. he did throw him the ball. He just didn't catch it. <laughs> that, that could be a problem, too. Even at his pro day. That could day, be a problem, too. Even at his pro day, the only person that dropped only drop. the ball was Adrian The only Adrian drop. The only drop. Unbelievable. I did not know that. I'm pretty sure. And guess what? When I watched, uh, when I when I went before OU Texas and watched Adrian Tanell play for Irving, I thought, my God, this guy's going to be an All-American at OU. <laughs> See, Arlington... He was Arlington kid, right? I thought he Adrian? played at Irving High School. No, or Irving. Irving. He was Irving. Irving High. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Because he's playing against Irving MacArthur. Yeah, you're right. For that game, I remember. I'm telling you, man, they, we just think... don't have a good track record of going and seeing guys play. <sighs> it's not. Well, I'm great. going Friday to see Kobe. So you can't stop me. Well, let's get into it. I I went out and sucked more wheat, and then uh, it was a uh, disappointing effort, to say the least. Not, not not really on Kamar though. Yeah, not no, his fault. No, it's just like his team's awful. Yeah. I think at one point you you texted us saying, I'm gonna convince him to transfer. I he needs to go to Highland Park or go to Allen. He's he lives relatively close. Well, there are kids like that that I, and I you guys know I've said it before in this podcast many times. I hate the whole IMG model. I hate taking players from other places. I, I kinda hate that. But there are situations like that where you're like, okay, I kind of get it. Like, I mean, like, you, you'd have a chance to run behind a real offensive line and run, you know, a scheme that's going to suit you. And, all, you know, a player as talented as him, they'd build some things around him. Sure. So, I, you know, because oh, well. every week Lakeview plays, the entire focus of the other defense is to <laughs> deal with number four. No, they had, like, three guys that were, like, waiting for him to get the handoff, and then yeah. he got tackled. But you can tell. Yeah. I mean, the guy is... He, I, it's like I told you, Josh, it's like you, you, we pull up to these stadiums and it doesn't take you very long to figure out, oh, okay, that's Kamar Wheaton right there. Absolutely. Watching it's running backs is, when is, I don't notice the guy immediately. Watching running backs uh, at some schools is not just like watching uh, Jace McClellan at Alito when their entire offensive line is like 290. Yeah. Yeah. They're all headed to TCU. <laughs> yes. 
That'll be TCU starting line in three years. Um, but no, yeah, uh, like I said, I, that's the same experience I had against the literally the funny enough the exact same team. I saw him against Naaman Forrest last year. You saw him against Naaman this year, and just never could really break anything. Never could get loose. Um, I and like, like you said, it's not all on Kamar. There are times, you know, obviously I haven't seen the video you shot, Eddie, but there are times when I, he doesn't help himself, but yes, I'm yes, sure I would running say, behind that all year, it gets frustrating. Sure. I would say that there's some, uh, I don't know about issues. Maybe he doesn't see things as well, and maybe that's because mm-hmm. there's guys in front of him, like because he's having to make plays by himself. Um, I don't know, though, Josh. It was just one of those things It's like, Maybe my expectations were too high, which I don't think they should be, considering he's the number one ranked running back. Kind of see where I'm coming from. Yeah. Like I, I just feel like yeah. the number one guy sometimes he does make three guys miss, even if he's having to do so. Well, I, think of it this way, Eddie. If you, I mean, it's unfair, but you put even it's not. They'll drop Adrian. I always come with Adrian. Put Demarco Murray back there, back sure. when he was in high school. Demarco Murray's probably making some plays. Sure. Like I mean, it may not be all that he did at Gorman, but I, and that's that's always my concern with Kamar. Like and I you brought up, you know, does he see it? That that's that's my problem. Like I don't know what his vision is like. And it's hard to know because I can't ever tell where the offensive line and the offensive schemes problem start and where his end. Like I, I can't it, it's hard to tell. But like you said, he's big, he's fast, he's clearly talented. It's just a question of how, like, is he a top 10 guy in the country or is he a top 75 guy in the country? And I don't know how I feel about that. I'd probably lean a little more towards, you know, 40, 50, something like that. But still, I mean, a tremendously talented guy. Yeah, and do I think that he could, you put him behind a really good offensive line? There's mm-hmm. some very obvious talent there. I mean, it's not like, I'm not trying to shit on the kid. He's he's sure. probably worthy of a five-star. And, you know, I, I just, I... I walked away, and I think I was a little bit more frustrated and bitter than anything that he didn't put up big numbers, but it was kind of like, okay, I mean, I just, I kind of expected more. Sure. And, well, you know, you talk about it, you know, him in the right setup. Think about him running that stretch play that Oklahoma loves because they ran so often with Kennedy Brooks. With his speed, that's lethal. I mean, that's ideal for him. Or, you know, getting him out in space on some screens, doing some stuff like that. That's that's him to a T. That's perfect for him. So, he, to me, he is the opposite Jace McClellan. Jace McClellan was a great runner that I always wondered about his physical skills. Like, how talented is he really? And how much is just a product of being part of a great environment? Kamar Wheaton is not a part of a great environment. He's not a part of a great system. He's not behind a great offensive line. But he is tremendously talented. So, like I said, it's just figuring out how to make those things work. Well, Josh, we'll we'll stick with you because you you had the fun Thursday, Friday. It seemed like you were you went two for two last weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Got to see Billy Bowman, uh, Denton Ryan um, had four touchdowns of the night, about 150 yards of offense. Had some nice work in the return game. Uh, just. You know, he is the playmaker that everyone says he is. And, I, you know, I watched him last time as a sophomore, watching how much bigger he's gotten, how much um, more willing he is to fight through traffic and some of those things, and not even willing, just able to. You know, he, like I said, he's gotten bigger and stronger, and he's a faster kid than he used to be. So 
Um, I liked a lot of what I saw. I mean, as a receiver, like I said, he was a playmaker, had two touchdowns as a running back. Um, I've always, you know, and we've talked about it a lot on the pod, you know, where does he play? And I think that is still a legitimate conversation that is happening uh, in the coaching offices. Should he pick Oklahoma where he lands? But for me, I had kind of thought maybe he's a safety because of just based on their needs and the way things would look for him, maybe be a free safety type. Watching him on Thursday, if he's going to play defensive back, I think it almost has to be corner. I, I just don't see the guy that wants to come up there and be physical and you know do some of the things that I know they want in their secondary, or at least from their safeties. As a corner, he'll play cover. He can turn and run with anybody. Um, he, he can do all the things you need him to do. Again, at corner, he's not going to be overly physical, but at corner, it's not as important. It's, that's just not as big a part of the the issue. And he'll come up and play run you know, on stuff underneath, so it's not a unwillingness he's just not a big thumper of a guy he's, he's kind of six foot one you know maybe not even that 511 175 i mean he's just kind of a smaller leaner guy so it'll be interesting to see how that works out now i know people will hear me say his size and kind of oh he, you know he can't play corner because we've talked about size and those sort of things he's long-armed so he plays a little longer than his frame would lead you to believe so i i, I think he would be fine at corner i could see him playing as a receiver but i think the bottom line is and you know I guess it won't matter until Marvin Mims moves on, but Billy Bowman could be a really good return man for Oklahoma. He can bring something in special teams as well. So there's there's a lot of pieces there to like. Um, and then on Friday night, I went and saw Remington Strickland, the big offensive lineman uh, from kind of southeast, uh, excuse me, southwest Houston. Um, drove way out <laughs> into central Texas to see him, but uh, I mean, I kind of went in with this idea that he was kind of a tackle guard kind of tweener. I think he's an inside guy, probably 6'3", 255, 260 right now. Maybe a little bigger than that, but, I mean, just a very big, very muscular guy. You can tell he puts a lot of work in the weight room. Honestly, the guy he reminds me of at the same point in time, and Kerry will remember him at this age because we have a distinct reason to remember him, is Ben Habern. Very similar kind of type. I, like I said, probably more physically developed than Ben was, but that same kind of frame. And I actually had a chance to speak with him, and, you know, I need to have that story up here real soon. Um, he is a guy that it seems like Bill Biedenboe likes at center. So I, Bill Biedenboe seems to just be stockpiling centers right now between him. There's the possibility of Nate Anderson, Andrew Rame, Chris Murray, obviously, uh, you know, kind of waiting for Creed Humphrey. So they should be set at center for the foreseeable future. And if it doesn't work out there, like I said, he's a strong enough, powerful enough guy to play guard. Um playing against team, a team that was just completely, you know, he completely was out of their league athletically. But he moves around really well. I think he could pull. Uh, his game reminds me a little, I, I said it um, uh, somewhere, I can't even remember where it was on the board, but kind of reminds me a little of Drew Samia. Got a little bit of that nasty in his game. Um, so, like I said, I, I, I came away, had a really good week of watching some guys. Um, and uh, this week, you know, just to kind of make it quick, Gonna only get to see one game on Friday. The Thursday game I had got canceled, um, but Friday I'm gonna go up to Cyprus and watch uh, Oklahoma's tw- uh, 2022 linebacker offer Harold Perkins, who might be the best outside linebacker in the country in that class. I like take that on kid. Connor Weigman, um, the 2022 quarterback that OU has showed some interest in. So they're going to go head-to-head and get to watch that. So that should be a pretty fun game in North Houston on Friday night. Billy Bowman, just cutting up the tape that you got of him, Josh, it seems like is one of those guys that – and does he just completely fit the bill of 
don't worry about where he plays. Just get him here. Yeah, he he is going to be a good player for you somewhere. I don't know where it's going to be, and I don't know. The question for me is how good. Like I think I think there's no way he's not a two or three year starter, regardless of where he ends up. But is he a you know borderline all conference guy? Mm-hmm. Is he a no doubt all conference guy? Is he an all American? Like I think all those things are in play, and I just don't know how it goes but i completely agree you're getting a solid player there's no question about it so if you add bowman it's not like a it wasn't a numbers crunch that's not why caleb johnson's no longer part of the class really but does bowman take his spot or you get bowman but you're still looking for another you think there's still more work to be done in the secondary my impression is bowman's offer is just i mean it you know and we talk about this all the time you know guys oh he's being told he's an athlete but i I, i'm gonna you know from what i'm hearing he's gonna end up here bowman i i mean this with all sincerity he is a legitimate conversation that is ongoing they don't know what they're gonna do with him yet but whether it's db or receiver or you know anywhere else i don't think the caleb johnson scholarship that has opened up has anything to do with billy bowman i think they are Still going to go find another defensive back. I, I I put something up in Oklahoma. There are, I I haven't heard of any clear target emerging. I know people kind of ask me, well, would they go back after Prophet Brown? I haven't heard anything like that. That that's my impression is they are going there. The guy that they put in that spot is going to be a guy that either, you know, they weren't all that close with to begin with, or B they haven't gone after at all. I don't get the impression they're going to go back over ground they've covered. Now, things can change. Maybe they don't like the responses they get from guys, and a month from now we're talking about Prophet Brown again. But I don't get the feeling that's what the plan is. So I know they've watched a lot of tape. They've gone over a lot of guys. It wouldn't shock me maybe on Sunday when the new communication period, you know, they, they have their new week to start making some calls. Maybe they maybe an offer happens or something. But um, I, like I said, I mentioned the Oklahoma, um, you know, some – couple of corners that i think are interesting uh the safety that i know has gotten some looks is a kid named lyric rawls out of marshall uh texas kind of northeast texas um a guy that big long kind of in that jordan mukes mold but i think when you watch his tape especially the he had a tape against uh, frisco wakeland um that really was impressive he, he was making a lot of plays very violent um looks like the guy that you're like yep that's what alex grinch is looking for at safety so maybe they go that direction, and they leave Demond Harmon at corner. So, th- like I said, there's a lot of ways this can all play out um, because there's flexibility in whether that would be a corner or a safety. They can do a lot of different things. So is Demond Harmon just kind of playing the waiting game too, not really knowing where he's supposed to end uh, end up because you don't know who they're going to be going after. I think there's something to that. Now, I think he's definitely under the impression he's going to get his start at corner, and I think that's what they'll do. I mean, I think they'll say, you know, you want to play some corner? Okay, we'll, we'll give you a look here. We'll see how it goes. And I think it's it's not one of those things where they're just telling him that. It's a legitimate chance. They like him at corner. I, I think nickel, um, he fits that nickel mold pretty well because, you know, like I said, when I talk to the Desan McCullough kid that's now committed to Ohio State that's 6'5", 200 pounds, that's where they were recruiting him to play was Buki's position. So it tells you that Buki is not the prototype they have in mind for that nickel spot. So it's kind of um, Harmon, like I said, he could play corner. He could play nickel. I think he's probably best as a safety. And I've said it over and over again. If you if they can find a way to get a Mecca Buka in this class, 
I cannot help but wonder if they don't come to Jalil Farouk a few weeks into spring practice and say, look, man, we got a lot of dudes at wide receiver, and we've got no doubt you could play for us at some point. You're, you're going to be a good receiver for us. We need a lot of help at safety. If you want to go try and play some safety, you might could see the field this year and might see it a lot. So that that's all going to be interesting. I think they have got several guys that aren't beholden to they have to fill this role or they have to be this guy. It's going to be, well, who else is in the class, what suits us best, and kind of have some positional flexibility in that secondary. And I think the only thing left would be OU did add another big-time receiver to the 2022 class, staying in state, Edmund Santa Talon Chetron, how how big is this? And I, we sort of talked about it, and I've got a story that I'm going to write when I get power back. I mean, could <laughs> you should this be writing really this by it? hand, Bob. You should be putting it on paper, <laughs> pen and paper. Send it by Raven. <laughs> <Don't> get it <laughs> up. <laughs> put it put it on notes and just put it out there, Bob. You know, <laughs> on your phone. Uh, but no, it's huge. I mean, this, this is. This is the kind of in-state guy that we've watched Oklahoma a lot of times get, but not get until middle of their senior year. They make Oklahoma sweat it for a while, or you feel like, you know, oh, Oklahoma's in danger here. You know, you look back to Andrew Rame, you know, just a year ago, where, I mean, guys, I, I remember us being at the five-star in Atlanta, and I'm sitting there talking to the Georgia guys, and I remember looking at you two, and I'm like, I think OU's going to lose Andrew Rame. Like, I, I, and I, I remember that like it was yesterday. Yep, and I never dreamed I would be in that spot. But I mean, people—that was a lot closer than I think people realize. That was a and not only was it out. not only was it. I think Oklahoma might lose them. I think it might happen like within forty-five minutes. Yes, it felt really imminent while we were there on the field. And I don't know why. I don't know what passed. I don't know what all came together. But our Georgia guys who run an outstanding side of their own, they were hearing a lot of smoke. I mean, there there was a lot going on there. Um, but anyway, you know, back to Talon, um, just a guy, like I said, that I, I loved the comments and I don't know if everybody read the story, but you know, me talking to him and his dad, cause we, we did the interview with all three of us kind of sitting there talking and Talon wouldn't really come out and say it, but his dad was very clear. He goes, you know, we had a lot of people kind of trying to use that 2019 class with Weiss and Bridges and Hazelwood against Oklahoma you know oh, look how great Marvin Mims is as a freshman I mean you're never going to get to play you're gonna have to wait forever here you can come and be the guy you know that kind of thing and I think Talon took that as a challenge from from what he from what he did say and what his dad definitely said it sounded like man I can go play with those guys I can go and, and it wasn't like oh I'm better than them he just wants to go compete he knows that if I go there I'm going to get a chance to catch a lot of passes if I can go in there and win a starting spot then I'm in great shape, and obviously Dennis Simmons has a, a growing track record with NFL wide receivers. So there's just a lot to you know that made sense for him there. And I don't like I said I you don't usually see that kind of maturity, but all three of us, you know Bob, Carrie, uh, Bob, Eddie, and myself have all talked to Talon a lot. Like he's a mature kid. He's sure. not a gonna get swept up in the moment and do something like that. I, I just it. it it was one of those things where it, it probably surprised me a little bit, but it probably shouldn't have because that's just who he is. Like he's a very well thought out kid that is going to think of things in a very practical way rather than, oh, you know, I, I need to be the man and I've got to be the guy from day one and that kind of stuff. And that's that's just not how he saw it. So I think it's a huge win for Oklahoma. And I like that he brings something that, you know, for all the receivers OU has landed, 
there's not really a guy like him that's a jump ball, body control, you know, big kind of 6'2", 6'3", type of guy. I mean, Hazelwood's big in body, but he's not big like that. Um, not And certainly not as long as Talon is. Um, Theo kind of the same way. I mean, they're big guys, but their game doesn't really play that way. They're going to work across the middle some. They're going to do some different stuff as to where Talon wants to work vertically as often as possible. So, I, like I said, I, I think he brings a unique change of pace. And he talked about Dennis Simmons and Kale Gundy kind of telling him the same thing. You know, you can do something for us that we don't have right now. And I think that was also a big selling point for him. There's more dog in him than I thought, Josh. I think when he was younger, I thought he was sort of passive and he wasn't going to ever really come out to be the guy that could live up to the potential that we think he has. But mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the Under Armour camp or what, but he just seemed like the, the, the light switch went on and his attitude and mentality just feels completely different heading into this season. You know, you never know in a game, but the thing that when I was like this kid, kind of when I got that impression of him, Bob, was when I saw him at the New Orleans camp when he was a freshman. That kid came down as a freshman in high school and competed with a bunch of dudes from New Orleans. And I'm just going to tell you guys right now that haven't been to a camp in New Orleans, those guys are all dogs. I mean, they, they are seven-on-seven seven playing. They all know each other. They talk trash from beginning to end. Like, it is a... a, a Camp in New Orleans is almost fun. I mean, like it, it really is. Same way in kind of South Florida. I mean, that you know, South Florida guys are doing their flips and all their crazy stuff, and it, it's kind of the same energy in New Orleans where you know you got to kind of earn your keep. And Talon took every rep. He never backed out. He never, he never acted meek about any of it. And I, it would have scared a lot. Not scared. That's not fair. But it would have intimidated a lot of kids. And he didn't. He didn't blink for a minute. So I was kind of I was like. Okay, he he's gonna be all right. And his I've said that told the story a bunch of times, but that first pass that he was thrown to him at the camp, he dropped. And I thought, oh, okay. And that that was my thought is like, okay, this is he, he's gonna have to adjust. And from there on, I don't think he put a ball on the ground all day, whether he was in drills or whether he was in, uh, you know, one on ones during later parts of the camp. He was he was dominant. He was one of the better receivers there that day. Well, it is. It has been. Uh, it's been awkward uh, without coaches and being involved in recruiting and visits and things like that. But it's given us the chance to go out and see kids when we can. When you know, COVID hasn't taken out a high school game here or there. So that's something that we'll continue to do. Bob's going to go see Kobe McKenzie uh, this weekend uh, before the uh, the uh, OU Texas Tech game. So that'll be. Uh, really good, uh, and Josh said he's got his one. I guess your Thursday night. When, where will the photo shoot be there, family wise? Uh, yeah, no, no photo shoot. Um, probably still gonna let the uh, the uh, daycare pick up the kid from school, so you know, mommy and I can you know actually hang out and talk for a minute. So we uh, we don't see much of each other these days. So I'm either gone or she's got work meetings. It's 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 a fun time in the McQuistian house. So, you know, no photos. Weird place to complain about your personal life, but okay. No, <laughs> guys, there's always a place to complain about my personal life. Again, I have a wife and two children. No one else is listening. You guys get to hear me. The audience is very thankful to hear They're about uncomfortable it. right now. Yeah, you can always call me. <laughs> <laughs> you know Josh doesn't uh, call people. That's true, too. Like or answer his phone. Eddie. Text like an yeah, adult. text like an adult. Yeah, send Come us on. your poor text messages, you green bastard. Uh, all right. Um, 
By the way, it was refreshing is this to know. Moment? No, I don't judge green people. He's got Android. He's green in our yeah, text messages. I, don't judge him. Uh, I do. Anyway, uh, I was glad to learn that uh, I was backed up by my BYU uh, sex talk last week. By the way, yeah, there was a lot of butt stuff talk on the board. Confirmed. Good. Good. Yep. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Unless, Bob, you want to hit on some hoop stuff real quick in it all? No one wants to hear it, no. <laughs> Damian Collins is announcing Saturday. Don't expect good news. Yeah. Just kind of... That one I went know, south really fast. Your pride and I mean, come on. I, as much as Oklahoma fans wanted to see that happen... Go play basketball in Kentucky. You're probably doing something right. Basically, yeah, when no. Kentucky got serious, they were screwed. Yeah. Bingo. Well, you didn't know uh, Kentucky guys. was ever going to really go all in. And once they did, it's like, whoops, there's nothing else we've got. We've shot every bullet in the chamber. We've done everything right. We can't. There's nothing we can do to close the deal. It's up to him. And it's clearly he wants to go the other way. They'll, they'll continue to recruit him if he picks Kentucky Saturday. Through early signing period, which is November 11th, so that's just a couple weeks away. The good news but is Eddie it, will tell you is the NCAA will grant any transfer regarding a basketball player and oh, give them an immediate, immediate waiver. eligible. Yeah. Well, we're still waiting on Mo Gibson. That's, well, that's true. The, wow. The they just they absolutely hate OU. Still waiting for Lincoln. Really did piss them off. I think it was Bosworth <laughs> all that time ago. They're still butthurt about it. It's probably the same people that are working in the NCAA office back then that work there now. I think they're all dead. Good. Can you imagine going to a like party of which I know have been canceled? We don't do that anymore in 2020. You probably do that in California in 2035. But can you imagine going to a party and saying that you work for the NCAA? Like, what a sad sack life. Do you think you go to parties if you work for the NCAA? Touche. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think Touche. You That's a good point. It's yeah. a very good point. All right, uh, that will do it for us. Uh, we'll be back, Eddie and I, for the post game. Uh, it's going to be late, so I doubt we'll make Bob come on with us. Uh, uh, we'll let him get his work done and get his stories up, so you guys can read those. Uh, seven o'clock kick. Seven o'clock kick. Seven o'clock kick. So pray I for. I'll be praying for all you. 11. I'll be praying for all you fans that have to listen to Tim Brando all week. All As we night. said, turn on Toby uh, in the OU broadcast, Teddy and Gabe and playing. Best way to do it. Get away from Tim Brando. It's just, it's awful. Oh, it's like that is the oldest of the olds when it comes to play no, he's by the play king. guy. He's the yeah, king. He's now he's the, the king of the olds. Everybody else is retired. Musburger got, I, Musburger was never really an olds. I'd never thought. No, he's trying to slam up on uh, AJ McCarron's girlfriend. But learn Von, Vern Lundquist, glad he's gone. No. Yes. Can't say that about yes. Uncle Vern. I, I was never a Uncle Vern will be man. back in action in two weeks. They'll put him up in a tower on sixteen, and we'll be I okay. Was, I was not. I was not sad to see him go. Uh, anyway, so we'll be back for all that. Uh, and thanks again to Dead Soxy, uh, our sponsor for the podcast. Go check him out. D e a d s o x y. Use that uh, promo code Boomer uh, for thirty percent off your order. Uh, that's deadsoxy.com. So thanks for listening. Listening, uh, thanks to uh, Josh, to Eddie, to Bob, and we'll be back again next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.